The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your healthcare provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Welcome back to the Unfiltered podcast. On this show, we interview mental health professionals about abusive, toxic and healthy relationships. It is our hope that these interviews help you cultivate safe relationships. If it was a one-time thing, we would not react to it so much. We would think, yes, did I really say this? Did I really feel this? And we might be okay with it. But since this is happening again and again and again, so because of gaslighting, because of being continuously gaslighted, you continuously or we develop a unconscious habit of checking everything that we think. Hello everyone, my name is Juliana Aikin. I'm the host of the Unfiltered podcast and co-founder of Unfiltered. Today I'm interviewing Jabin Philip. He's a psychologist from India. He has been actively working in the field of psychology over the past six years. Jabin Philip has experience working with clients with clinical and non-clinical issues such as depression, anxiety, OCD, bipolar disorder, stress management, work-life balance and relationships like marital counseling. Do you want to know why having an urge to record a conversation with someone is a sign of a potentially abusive relationship? Do you know how to hold on to your reality when you know that someone is gaslighting you? Do you want to know how to start trusting yourself again after being gaslighted into believing that you are irrational and crazy? Does the abusive person in your life call you sensitive for wanting to set boundaries? Do you get anxious around other people because of the abuse that you experienced? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then this episode is for you because Jebin will be discussing these topics in our show today. Hi Jebin, thank you for joining me today. It's nice to have you in this podcast episode. Thank you, Julian. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. That's nice to hear. So we have five questions today and the first question is... I have noticed that I have an urge to record the conversations I have with my partner to validate my own reality. Why is this a sign of gaslighting and why is it a sign of potentially abusive relationship? Okay, that's a wonderful question. Um, I would say that when it comes to gaslighting, what we need to understand that it is a constant process. It is something that happens consistently day after day. Uh, by the abuser, by the uh, the person who does gaslight the individual. But at the same time, if you look at gaslighting, the definition of gaslighting, it's an emotional abuse. Emotional abuse where the person is made to doubt their own feelings, their own thought process, their own emotions, basically their own reality. So everything that defines who they are, everything that helps them to understand the kind of person they are, tend to keep doubting that. So imagine somebody or ourselves doubting, did I really say that? Did I really think that? Did I really feel that? Continuously on a day-to-day basis, every day you having to doubt that, you having to think about it again and again. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy for anybody to be okay with. And we reach a point 
where we feel that I need to do something about it. I need to validate my own thought process, validate my own feelings to understand that, yes, I really thought this. I really said this. Maybe I'm not being too sensitive as my partner or the other person is saying it, or I'm not too overthinking as the other person is saying it. And one of the ways they do it, the individual does it, is by recording the conversation. It's to make sure they validate that their thoughts, their feelings, their emotions are really true. They don't have to doubt those thoughts and feelings anymore. Sometimes we feel that they record it to prove it to the other person that, yes, you did say this. You did uh, try to make me uh, feel this. You did try to portray me in such a such a way. But most often what I've seen in my clients also is that they don't do it for that purpose. They just want to validate for themselves that I'm not crazy. This is not all in my head. So when they listen to the recording, they realize that, yes, I really did say this. I really did feel this. Maybe the other person is lying to me. The other person is, in a way, manipulating me. I didn't uh, you know, try to make this up on my own. So it's a sense of validation for their own selves. And we can see that any relationship having to do that, it's not exactly a good or a healthy relationship where you have to constantly feel that you need to check your thoughts, you check your feelings, somewhere go to the extent of recording it, it's not a healthy relationship. And we understand in a healthy relationship, you get to express your feelings, you get to have your own opinions, you get to have your emotions, not just have them, you are also given the freedom to express them in a healthy relationship. You're told that, yes, you have the right to express this, you have the right to feel this, it's okay to feel this. But in an unhealthy relationship where there is gaslighting, you're continuously being told that this is not it. You cannot or you're not supposed to. And eventually it reaches a stage where they feel that they cannot do this anymore. And they reach a point where they may, may have to record their own conversation to validate their own thoughts and feelings. Thank you so much. Uh, then the second question is, my mother is very manipulative and gaslights me every single chance that she gets. Even though I know she is gaslighting me, I still find myself frequently questioning if I'm remembering things correctly. Do you have any advice that can help me hold on to my reality? Okay, all right. If you look at this situation too, uh, as we saw before, gaslighting is not a one-time thing. It happens again and again. It's happening day by day consistently. It's buying, it's by, it's the, it's one of the way of the abuser to make sure the person is in their control or they can continue to manipulate them. So if it was a one-time thing, we would not react to it so much. We would not be impacted by it so much. We would think, yes, did I really say this? Did I really feel this? And we might be okay with it. We just go ahead. We, we don't get affected by it. But since this is happening again and again and again, what also happens with this process is that we develop an unconscious habit in our own mind to check everything that we think, everything that we feel, everything that we, all the emotions that we have. So because of gaslighting, because of being continuously gaslighted, you continuously or we develop an unconscious habit of checking everything that we think. 
and i feel this is what's happening over here too with this person where they when they even though they know that they are being gaslighted even though in a way they understand that they are being manipulated the tendency to keep checking again and again i think that's a habit they would have developed along the way unfortunately of course unfortunately they would have developed this habit to maybe okay i'm being gaslighted that means i need to check my reality and being told this way i need to check did i really feel this so doing it or having it again and again and again maybe would have developed a i would say definitely unhealthy habit because every time they would have to check every time they would have to keep rechecking and somewhere i feel that it's not just with this uh individual maybe when you told me about the mother maybe if it is somewhere else also maybe in another relationship too maybe this rechecking happens again and again so it's very important that for this person to maybe to come out of it to to have a more grasp of the reality understand that there is a unhealthy habit that has developed with this that you are constantly checking you're constantly finding yourself checking again and again first and foremost is to be aware of it and when you are aware of it it becomes a little bit more easy for you to catch yourself from doing it again so when you are aware that okay i'm about to recheck my own thought process what my th- recheck my own feelings maybe i don't have to do it again rather than going ahead without knowing and doing it again and again if you know this is what i'm doing this is what is happening you can catch yourself then and there to make sure you stop yourself from doing it okay you realize you become more aware because in any habit any unhealthy or healthy habit what first comes is the awareness part okay this is what i'm doing this is what i need to start or this is what i need to stop for here also if the individual knows that yes this is what i'm doing be more aware of it it becomes a little bit more easy to stop it and i would say do not try to once you realize that yes this is happening do not try to recheck or do not try to find logic with that thought process of checking again and again you will not find any logic there the more you try to find it the more entangled you become the more you, more you more you go into that web of manipulation the more you go into the web of thought process so do not try to find logic there do not find to try to find any kind of reason for you to check again and again do not do that you know this is happening let yourself be continue to do the things that you want to do continue to do the things that you are doing at the point of time rather than check yourself at that point of time and one more thing i would just add is i can see that this person is staying with this with this uh, with mother and we can also see that the environment is not changing this person is continuing to be with in the environment where gaslighting is happening again and again so in order to come out of it we need to make sure the environment is also somewhere we are changing because we continue to be in an environment where we don't want to create or we don't want to continue a habit and we stay there we will develop or we will continue to do that habit again and again whether we want it or not for example it's like saying uh, somebody wants to quit smoking but they continue to hang out with a group of people who continues to smoke they know that they want to stop it 
but they are in a group or they are in an environment where it's easy for them to use smoking or continue smoking than to quit maybe it's not an uh, it may not be easy for the person to move from the environment but i would say that the more they continue to be in their environment or their relationship it becomes really hard even they know even if they know that gaslighting is really tragic and this really happens with my clients also one of the things i tell them is that because i've seen many of them even though they understand that the relationship is bad there is gaslighting they continue to be in that relationship to continue to stay with the person of course there are various reasons for it too but unless the environment also changes the habit will continue to be there mm, thank you so much the it was very helpful that you explained this from the point of view that you have developed a habit of this uh, constantly checking with yourself i think and like you said once you become aware of it it's easier to stop yourself from doing it so thank thank you so much i think that was very uh, important part of your answer great thank you and um yeah so let's say like if you have a narcissistic mother or narcissistic family member not everyone is uh considering the no con- the total no contact as a option like you said for various reasons so then maybe just try to limit those yes you know situations that you are mm. yeah and like mm. yeah so limit as much contact as possible so contact you... yes yeah because it's it's very easy to go back to it yes it's it's because i uh, as you said even even sometimes it may be completely not possible to change the environment but as you said limit it because it's very easy for us to go back to it mm. go back to that person go back to that uh, fight go back to that relationship for a person outside it may make no sense why does this person go back to that relationship right? mm. but only that person understands there is something still there that they are getting from this narcissist or from that relationship which they still want mm. so limiting is very very important as part of uh, being aware too yeah and then maybe if you know okay this weekend i am going to see my mother how mm. how should do you have any tips like mm. how how mm. should one prepare for those meetings and how should one then process mm. after meeting mm. with let's say uh, the narcissistic mother yes uh, what i would say is that uh, an important point as you said preparation so when we talk about preparation um, what we can do here is to make sure that we understand what are the topics that are okay to speak to my mother about what are the things i'm okay to discuss with my mother also understand what are the things that i'm not okay to discuss okay so make a list of things that you are comfortable to discuss with your mother you are okay to talk about it you are okay to express and share few things at the same time make a list of things that you are not comfortable at all you know that for no reason i'm going to discuss those things for no reason i'm not i'm going to go there for sure and make sure whatever happens in the conversation you stick to the topics that you are comfortable with make sure you stick to the things that you're okay to express okay to talk about right and and i feel that 
when you when you sit down to think about it you'll find a lot of uh, you'll find a lot of topics topics that you may have thought maybe i cannot discuss with my mother or maybe i haven't done this before but how would it be but give that a try it's better to discuss new topics than go back to the old topics which makes you feel bad about yourself which makes you feel go down to that same old feelings of low disappointment hurt etc so it's very important you prepare yourself with the topics too okay and any time you feel that uh, the mother is talking about something that you know you're not okay with come back to the same topic or you can tell uh, the other person that you know i'm not comfortable to talk about it i don't want to talk about it it's okay to create that boundary it's very very important and when you as you said when you come back to make sure you do not recheck again make sure that 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 habit of rechecking you're more aware of it this time and you know that i don't have to do it right this time i just made sure that i stuck to the topics that i wanted to but this time i don't have to do it of course it may take time it will take a lot of practice but it is so much better than always going back to things or feelings that you don't want to have at the end of the day Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Uh let's move on to the question number 3. How can I start to trust myself again after being manipulated into believing that I'm irrational and crazy? Oh, okay. Um that's difficult. That's um difficult for the person uh to be okay with. I can only imagine what the person might be going through. Uh to think that you're rational to define yourself as irrational or crazy uh that's not easy that's definitely not easy uh but i would say is that uh what i would say is that it's to go it's very important you go back for the person to go back to understand why am i thinking of myself in such way why am i thinking of myself as irrational or why am i thinking of myself as crazy what is making me think this way what is making me feel this way and this is again i'm not saying it from i'm not saying it as a point of to victimize yourself but the person or the individual needs to understand that the reason i'm feeling this the reason i'm thinking like this in such a manner is because i was made to feel this i was made to feel such in such a way that i'm irrational or crazy this is not something that i am doing to myself but unfortunately this is something that's been done to me maybe by somebody i was in a relationship with maybe for different reasons maybe they wanted to be in control of me maybe they wanted to make sure that i um, you know i don't uh, end the relationship or for various reasons it could be but the fact that they need to understand that this is not something that i telling myself but this is something that's been told to me so it's not my voice or it's not my narrative but it's a narrative that's given to me because the reason i'm saying this is because the more we feel or the more we believe that this is my narrative or this is who uh, this is something that i'm thinking about myself it's very difficult to heal from it 
because you are putting your own self responsible for it so the more you put yourself responsible for it it becomes very hard to change that of course there is responsibility responsibility is for you to how to change their uh, narrative how to make sure that i understand that i am not crazy or i'm not irrational that is the responsibility not to not the responsibility to believe that this is me this is who i am or this is something that i've done to myself so begin with knowing that having a clear idea that yes this is something that's happened to me this is something that somebody did to me i'm not responsible for it but where my responsibility lies is to make sure i do the things that can help me to believe and know that i'm not these things okay and to do that one of the uh, key aspect i would say is that this is where i would say healthy relationships comes in healthy relationship in the form of friends family anybody anybody who they feel they can trust opening up to them talking to them helping them to know that this is how i really feel but at the same time if you know somebody who's going through this abuse if you know somebody who's being gaslighted it's very important that as an individual you do not dismiss their feelings you do not say that maybe you're thinking too much into it maybe he did not intend that way or maybe she did not intend that way are you sure that's what he meant such statements makes it even more worse such statements can make it even more worse for the person to even to openly express how they truly feel so as a friend or as somebody you know this who's gone through this person who gone through this abuse is very important you help them to express open up and help them to heal in the way and the time that they want to heal because sometimes sometimes when we know there is somebody who's going through this we would want them to heal immediately we would want them we somehow push them to feel better we force them to feel better uh because of course we intend for them to be okay but that may not be good for them they may need time they may need some more time to understand their own emotions and feelings at that point of time so take time first is understand that this is something that's happened to you secondly find those relationship it could be just one person it could be anybody who you feel that i can talk about these things i can open up share these things and spend more time with them talk to them because the more you spend time with the more you open up to them you will also start to feel that yes my feelings are valid my thoughts are valid my emotions are valid and when you slowly start to realize that these feelings are valid you start to realize that you're not irrational anymore you're not crazy all that you feel all that you think everything that you do they all matter and lastly yeah yes i'll just I'd like to add one more thing uh also engaging yourself in things that you are you love to do and maybe a certain interest certain hobby that you feel that you can spend time on can help you to also realize that yes i'm doing something that i love love or something that i like if i have something that i like it means that i have an identity i have something that i can look forward to i love doing so that also helps them to give the uh, a push to help them to understand that they're not rational or they're not crazy 
Thank you. I have one question. I have heard that many are kind of scared or worried that they will bombard their loved ones or fr- friends with, you know, that they are all the time talking about this because mm-hmm. obviously when you get out, you do have the need or it would be great if you have those healthy relationships that can, uh, right. you know, mm-hmm. heal you. So how do you make sure at the same time that you don't, you know, exhaust the other person because everyone, you know, mm-hmm. usually have their own life problems at the same time and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So what would you advise? Okay. What I would say is that to find that one person who they feel okay to share, okay to open up, first and foremost, okay to express their feelings, express their emotions, express especially the difficult emotions, the things that they feel that it's a little hard for them to express. But at the same time, make sure you're not completely depending on them, completely depending on in the sense. When you open up, you're not opening up everything. You break it down little by little. You talk about certain things at that point of time. And you come back and reflect on that. You're not, as you said, bombarding everything to the other person, your emotions, feelings, and dumping on them. No, you're making sure at that point of time, how are you feeling? How, what is it that you would like to talk about? Okay. And it, talking to the person about it, letting the other person know this is what's happening, this is what's going on, this is what I would want to let you know. And also you can tell the other person that I am expressing certain things, I am talking about these things, Anytime you feel that, you know, this is getting too much for you, I can also imagine this is not easy to listen to at the same time. You feel that this is getting too much. Anytime you feel that this is getting overwhelming for you, please do let me know. So creating that understanding between both and That's the reason I said that it's very important to find that one person who you feel that you can create that communication with or interaction with. Sometimes maybe the other person feel that, okay, other person might say that, yes, there is no need to uh, hold yourself back. You can tell me everything. And the person who been abused might say everything. And the next day, because there was too much, this person might disappear. They feel that, okay, oh, I, 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 should, I shouldn't have said that. And they feel that, okay, why did I make this person feel this way? And the person will not feel comfortable to open up to anybody else again. So it's very important that you find that person who you feel that you can open up or you, if, there, if you feel there is a little person that you can open up to a certain extent, sh- share it bit by bit, talk to them and ask them if this is the right time to speak to before talking to them. Is there anything that uh, if you're busy, we can come back later or if there is anything that you would like to, if you're doing right now, I can come back and talk to you about it. But are you okay to do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much. Then I have one more question. We know that in abusive relationships, often isolation happens and you might end up losing all your friends or you might even realize that some of your friends are like enablers, that they are mm. either like more of the side of the abuser, especially if they're mm. common friends. Uh, are there any 
other tips that you would tell someone to you know express their feelings and validate themselves and tips how to start to trust themselves again and uh you know not believing anymore uh, not mm-hmm. believing anymore that they are crazy and irrational if mm-hmm. at the moment they really do not feel either comfortable or just they don't have those healthy relationships yes um i would suggest that journaling could be one very important aspect that they can do because as you said many times intentionally or unintentionally they can be enablers and they might not find themselves in they might find themselves say hearing things such as maybe it's your fault or maybe you are overthinking uh maybe he or she didn't mean that are you sure this what he or she said so at that point of time as you said it's not easy to be okay to open up about these things so one of the things i would suggest which i've seen uh my clients getting a lot of benefit from too it's journaling where you're not you're you have the freedom to express it the way you want you don't have to think about the other person you're just responsible with your own self the important thing is there is to make sure that you be honest to it you're not holding things back to because many times in journaling what i've seen is that they feel that if i write it down and when i see it i'll start feeling low again i'll start feeling upset again i'll start thinking to myself that oh this is what i've been through this is what i had to go through so again they might start to feel that okay um i don't want to see it immediately they might tear up the paper or whatever but i would say is that when you're writing down things when you're noting down when you're bringing it out you might feel a little uncomfortable but it's okay it's all right because you are bringing out something which which has been very very sensitive for you which is very hard for you so you have the right to bring it out and you need to bring it out so put it down what is what what how you what are you feeling how you're feeling about things what's on your mind especially the thought process sometimes you you don't have to, they don't they don't have to make they don't have to be in exact way as it is but just put it down the way you understand or record your conversations too. if you feel writing down it's a little bit more heavy for you talk about it just record how you're feeling at that point of time i'm right now feeling this and this or because i have been going through this or because this person said this and this no so express the most important aspect over here is to express so the more you're able to express if you're not able to talk to somebody either by journaling or creating a recording for yourself will help you to manage it so much better like you've been said journaling can be really helpful when expressing yourself Here is a quick exercise that you can try when trying to deal with negative thoughts like feeling that you are irrational or crazy. Step number 1 is write down your current narrative. Take some time to reflect on the story you have been telling yourself about yourself. Write down all the thoughts, beliefs and experiences that have shaped your self-image and self-esteem. Step number 2 is identify negative self-talk. Look at the list you have written and identify any negative self-talk or limiting beliefs. For example, I'm irrational or I'm crazy. Step number 3. Reframe negative self-talk. 
For each negative thought or belief, write a reframed version that is more positive, empowering or accurate. For example, like Yebin already mentioned, it's important to understand that you have been told that you are crazy or irrational. So if you have a thought, I'm irrational and crazy, you might want to write, I have been gaslighted into believing that I'm irrational and crazy. However, that is not true. Step number four is write a new narrative. Take the reframed thoughts and beliefs and use them to write a new narrative about yourself. This new narrative should reflect the person you want to be and the qualities and characteristics you admire in yourself. Step number five is read your new narrative daily. Read your new narrative daily and focus on it throughout the day. Whenever you catch yourself thinking a negative thought, replace it with the positive, empowering and more accurate thought from your new narrative. Then the next question is, one of the ways that my abuser gaslights me is by claiming that I'm being too sensitive. I often catch myself believing this and it makes it very hard to create healthy boundaries. How can I stop feeling too sensitive and start protecting my boundaries? Okay. All right. So, uh, yes, in a relationship such as this, maybe, uh, not maybe, definitely, Boundaries are very, very important. And the more we realize it, the more we are clear about it, it's better. So what I would say is that to create those boundaries, I think uh, three things are very important. I believe three aspects are very important. Number one, understand what are the boundaries that you want to keep. Understand what kind of boundaries that you want to keep. For example, it could be an emotional boundary. It could be a physical boundary. Know that what kind of boundaries that you would like to keep with this individual. Be clear about it. Be specific about it. Okay, Because many times we are not able to keep a boundary or we break or we lose ourselves in create boundaries because we do not know what kind of boundaries we are keeping. So be aware and clear that yes, in this relationship, I want to keep an emotional boundary. I want to keep a physical boundary. Be more aware of it. Second thing is to understand what is making me break my boundaries. What are the factors or what is it that's making me go back to something that I don't want? For example, if a, if you plan to, if the individual plans to create an emotional boundary, what could break that boundary is sometimes when they feel low or sometimes when they feel lonely, it becomes really easy for them to go back to the same old relationship. And what is breaking them, breaking their boundary is that feeling of loneliness, maybe that's a bit of sadness, maybe feeling alone. So understand what is making you go back to the relationship or what is making you break the boundaries. Be clear about it, be specific about it. And lastly, the third factor is what is it that you can do if 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 you feel that you might break your boundary, for example, if it is an emotional boundary, if you're feeling lonely or if you feel that you're not you're not you're sad or disappointed, what alternative or what apart from going back to the relationship can you do at that point? What else can you do? What else can you focus on at that point of time so that you don't go back 
to this relationship or you don't go back to breaking your own boundaries. So find an alternative. It could be, as we saw, maybe speaking to, instead of going back to the relationship, speaking to somebody who you feel you can trust, journaling, or it could be engaging yourself in an activity or something that you feel that you can do at that point of time. Anything that helps you to stay where you are inside the boundary rather than breaking it. And I also would say is that, what I would say is that it's very important when it comes to, uh, I, I believe this, when it comes to boundaries, when it comes to your values and when it comes to your goals, be as clear, as specific as possible. Do not understand them and do not work on them in your own mind because they will only get more complicated. So you need to be as clear as possible. And for that, note it down. Write down what are your boundaries. Keep a, a book for it or keep a journal for it. And keep going back to those boundaries. This is the boundaries that I've kept for myself. And analyze, am I really keeping these boundaries? Are there things that's making me break these boundaries? What are those things? Are there are the emotional factors? Are there things in my mind? What are those things? Understand them. At the same time, what other factors can I do when I feel this? Because if you're feeling lonely, at that point of time, if you think, what else can I do? It becomes futile because you will not find anything else to do. You will go back to the relationship. So do not wait to feel lonely or feel, feel alone to think what else can I do right now have a backup already ready this is again something that we see in many habit formations when you're trying to break a habit something that we tell do not wait for you to feel or when you feel like having have the craving to think what next to do or what else can I do already have something else planned so that it becomes very easy for you to do so when it comes to boundaries, I think these three aspects are very important. And I, this is something I tell my clients also to be very clear and specific about it. Even if you think that you're clear in your mind, I tell them to note it down, put it down so that you have an idea about it. Because as we saw before, as we talked about it too, anything can make us go back to it. It doesn't have to be one situation. Let's say you had a bad day. You, 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 you Somebody said something negative to you. If, especially if you're healing from that relationship and you have a bad day or somebody said something negative to you or you saw something which, which uh, you didn't want to see or which made you feel uncomfortable, it can bring up a lot of emotions. Or somebody talked to you about an uh, abusive relationship. So all of it can come back up. So it's very important that we create that understanding and work around it. Yebin highlighted how it's important to be very clear about our boundaries and write them down. So next, take out paper and pen and be ready to write down these following journaling prompts or your answers to them. I have gathered these prompts in the hopes of them helping you better figure out what are your emotional and mental boundaries in a relationship. So, ask yourself, when someone pressures me to think or feel as they do, how do I want to respond to them? Remember, you have the right to your own thoughts, feelings and emotions. The abusive people in your life are very controlling and they often aim to gain control over your thoughts, feelings and emotions. 
You can set a mental boundary with yourself that whenever the abusive person in your life tries to dictate what you should be thinking or feeling, that you remind yourself that you have a right to control your own thoughts, feelings, emotions and needs. Ask yourself also, when someone attempts to guilt trip me into compliance, how do I want to respond? Remember, you have the right to say no. You have the right to say no if someone in your life asks you to do something that goes against your principles or tries to force you to give up something important for you. The third question that you can ask yourself is, when someone tries to make me responsible for their emotional stability or their actions, how do I want to respond? Here an example of an emotional boundary could be that you refuse to take the blame. Remember, you have the right to refuse to take the blame. Abusive people often try to place the blame on you because they themselves are so emotionally immature and fragile that they cannot handle the thoughts, feelings and emotions that come with taking responsibility for their actions. So you can set an emotional boundary with yourself where you decide not to take the blame or feel bad when the abusive person in your life tries to make you feel a certain way about their own mistakes or shortcomings. Next, you can ask yourself, what kind of behavior is acceptable from my partner and what is not? Remember, you have the right to expect respect. You deserve respect. Therefore, you can set an emotional boundary with yourself that whenever the abusive person in your life invalidates, humiliates or degrades you, you can remove yourself from the situation. For example, you can go for a walk or leave the room or house or something like this. Ask yourself also, when someone tries to force me to engage in arguments or discussions that are emotionally charged or hurtful, how do I want to respond to them? When someone pressures me to share personal information and I feel uncomfortable doing so, how do I want to respond to them? What are my boundaries around spending time together and alone time in the relationship? When someone criticizes or gives me negative feedback that is not constructive or respectful, how do I want to respond? If an argument becomes too heated, how do I want to respond? What are my boundaries around physical intimacy and affection in the relationship I am in? In addition to these questions that I just listed out, you can also ask yourself the following two questions. What kinds of boundaries have you tried to set in the past and with who? What went well in your previous attempts to establish boundaries and what did not go well? These last two questions might help you realize and fully accept that it's quite unlikely that abusive or toxic people would truly respect your boundaries. 
Because when you document down the times you have tried to set a boundary with someone, but those boundaries have been violated, your documentation can show you the pattern of abuse that is occurring. Here the pattern of abuse is boundary violation. Just to be clear, it is abusive for people to ignore your boundaries because it prevents you from protecting yourself both physically and emotionally. When someone ignores your boundaries, they are minimizing your thoughts, feelings, emotions, needs, wishes, dreams and aspirations. Also, when you start setting boundaries with abusive, toxic and narcissistic people in your life, it might be helpful for you to be aware of a concept called extinction burst. An extinction burst is a behavioral phenomenon that occurs when there is an increase in the frequency or intensity of the unwanted behavior. For example, abusive people see you setting boundaries with them as unwanted behavior because of course they would like to keep you in a state of mind where you believe that you have no right to set boundaries of any kind. So you setting a boundary is the unwanted behavior there. Also, there have been studies with rats, where rats get a rewarding drug every time they press a lever. So when the rats are being allowed to continue the behavior, which is pressing the lever, they keep getting the rewarding drug, so they learn that whenever they press the lever, they get the drug. But when the rewarding drug is removed, so the rats just press the lever but do not get the drug, temporarily the previously reinforced behavior, which in this example is pressing the lever, will increase. So the rats just keep pressing the lever more and more and more and you know they almost go crazy when they just press the lever. This behavior will eventually decrease, meaning that the rats will stop pressing the lever eventually. This same behavior happens in kids as well. For example, consider a child who has learned that crying will result in receiving attention from their parents. If the parents stop responding to the child's crying, the child may initially cry more frequently or more intensely in an attempt to get the reinforcement they have become accustomed to receiving. Over time, however, the crying will decrease and eventually stop as the child realizes that it's no longer effective in getting the attention they desire. So an extinction burst is characterized by an initial increase in the frequency or intensity of the behavior before it eventually decreases and stops. Again, in the context of abusive, toxic and narcissistic behavior, you should expect these extinction bursts to happen when you start to modify your behavior, for example, because you start to set boundaries that you have not set before. It's important to remain consistent and keep setting these boundaries to encourage the desired behavior to take hold. Of course, when setting boundaries, the desired outcome would be that people start to respect those boundaries, but in the case of abusive, toxic and narcissistic people, this is unlikely to happen. What might happen instead is that they might end the relationship with you when they notice that they cannot control and use you to meet their own selfish needs anymore. This is also an important thing to be aware of, just so you do not have high expectations or any expectations at all that they start to respect your boundaries, because this is very unlikely to happen. I have a couple of questions. Mm, for some people, it seems relatively easy to set boundaries, figure them out in the first place and maintain them. Why it's harder for some people? Okay, so for some 
as you said, it's quite easy because they understand what are the dynamics, what's been happening, what is going on. Level of self-awareness could be a little bit more because of what is going on, what is happening, how they are feeling, how their thought processes are getting impacted. They're more, a little bit more self-aware of it. Okay. Of course, not maybe not to the complete extent, but maybe comparatively, it may be a little bit more. But when it comes to maybe someone else, let's say somebody who's been in an abusive relationship for a very long time, that self-awareness may be not so much. They might have heard that, yes, this relationship is bad for them. What he or she is doing is bad for them. But for them to be aware of it, for them to have this question that, am I really treating myself in a good way by being in this relationship? That might take time. So that is why sometimes even though they are aware of it, realize it, the self-awareness is not coming from their own selves. That might take time. As you said, for some people with that self-awareness, yes, it's easy to create it. But if you look at it, many people who do create boundaries also, we have seen that it's very easy to break those relations, uh, to break those boundaries. Because as easier it is to create it, it's becoming even more easy to break it because that's not completely registered in their mind or it's not become completely instigated in their own mind that, yes, this is something that I need to do. That level of awareness has not come yet. That's why it becomes a little bit more easy to break boundaries than to uh, continue to follow them. So mm. The level of awareness also plays a very important factor, a very important role over here. Okay. So what would you say, like, what are the most common reasons why people uh, end up fail, uh, breaking the boundaries? Like, is it that just because bad day happens to be and they don't have the backup plan or is there something else? I would say, uh, uh, yes, I would say combination of these things. Um, what I've seen is that uh, somebody who's who's just began to heal from a toxic relationship and uh, they're just slowly getting themselves up. They're slowly going to the process of healing. As you said, something happens at the office, something happens at work. Maybe the supervisor scolds them. Maybe uh, they are, they, uh, maybe the colleague makes fun of them. Maybe even even if it is in a fun way, even if the colleague doesn't did not mean it intentionally or did not want to hurt the person, the way that is taken by this person can can definitely create a bit of chaos inside. Can create a bit of a bit of mix of feelings, which which the person is slowly trying to heal from. So, something of that sort can definitely can definitely um, uh, create or have these feelings come back up. At the same time, for example, when we talked about healthy relationships, for example, this person is trying to heal, or this, for example, a person who's been through an abusive relationship and who's talked about these things to maybe her friends or her friends, and they are they would want to, let's say, open up to open up about something they 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 feel that they need to open up to their friends. But when they call this person, the person might be busy. Or when they call this person, the person might not pick up. The other person might not be doing it intentionally. But for them, 
immediately it becomes that okay i'm a, i'm alone again i don't have anybody else i don't have anybody to talk to so that thought process again goes to that feeling okay i'm i'm, I'm alone i don't have anybody and it becomes and it, and it becomes into that hole of going into the whole process of thinking again and again that this happens so all of this combined can happen because it depends again on where you are at the level of uh, healing or getting better because if you just started to heal if you just started to heal from a toxic relationship we need to be very careful because anything can set them off anything can make them feel that you know they 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 make them feel that it's they need to break their boundaries and go back to the relationship mm-hmm. thank you i think even being aware of this that okay once you are healing it might be harder to maintain those boundaries is very valuable information because then we can also be more self like compassionate Safe. towards ourselves True. that okay True. yeah this is hard mm. and it's totally mm. normal that i struggle with this but just having that level of awareness might help you to not then you know break all the mm. way the boundary and for example yes. going back yeah. going back and then then i have one more question because in this question the the person is saying that the abuser gaslights me by claiming that i'm being too sensitive is there such thing as being too sensitive okay all right and um yes this question this uh this statement uh, i if you ask let's say out of 10 people who's been gaslighted i'm sure minimum 6 to 7 people out of 10 would say that my abuser said this to me i'm being too sensitive okay and this is something that i've seen with my clients too that this is a very very common statement you're being too sensitive it means that you're not supposed to feel what you're feeling i'm wrong or i'm on the wrong side for feeling these things to the question yes uh, to if you if you can be too sensitive about things no it's about how things make you feel at the end of the day whether if you look at a situation if you look at a event let's say like we discussed before if you're slowly in the process of healing anything anybody says can hurt you a, a joke a well intended joke can hurt the person but can we call that person as too sensitive right we cannot say that oh why are you getting hurt and i was just that was just a joke why are you being too sensitive can we say that no. because the only that person understands what he or she is going through at that point of time what is happening at that point of time right so there is no such thing as too sensitive again it's how we react to things some people are okay when when people say certain things when they go through a difficult situation of course they are able to manage them well they are able to tolerate them well uh, we call them as uh, you know frustration tolerance for example when something goes wrong something doesn't go the way that we would want that there's a huge traffic and we are stuck in it some people are able to tolerate it better some people are able to manage it better again again if you look at it personality factors do come into it but we cannot say that yes 
you are feeling this this means that you're too sensitive no there is always a reason behind for your reactions and actions it's just that sometimes we are not aware of it and we react uh, we only see the behavior of the reaction not the reason behind the behavior mm, thank you so much uh then the question number 5 because of the abuse that i have experienced i get extremely anxious when i hang out with people outside of my abusive relationship What are some healthy ways that I can manage this anxiety so that I can start building positive relationships? The person gets anxious outside the abusive relationship. Is is a is yeah that exactly yeah okay. that they yeah. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, yes. Um, as you begin to heal or as you begin to develop new relationships around you, yes, anxiety is one common factor because all you have known. for a very long period is the toxic relationship or is the abusive relationship and one of the things that you also didn't mention is that there is isolation by the abuser they tend to isolate you from your friends and from your family anybody that you feel comfortable with so when there is that isolation and when it goes on for a very long time it's not easy to get back it's not easy to go back and find people to start new relationships they might even start to doubt themselves whether they are even capable of doing it anymore so at that point of time anxiety is very very common it can happen but here too what i like i said before find one person you don't have to be a part of a group yet find just one person could be anybody could be a friend could be one from the family anybody find just one person and if you're sticking with this person for let's say for a period of 2 months or 3 months you're not talking to anybody else also but just this person that's enough that's okay just start with this one person because many times i've seen my clients also that when they want to create new relationships they they feel that they immediately need to start with the group or they need to be out there they need to be laughing again they need to be going out enjoying things but many times when they do it they get very much triggered very much triggered and go back to a place where they feel i cannot do this anymore so we need to make sure that as you're slowly coming out of it to slowly take step by step one step at a time you don't need to go to a place where you are completely where you need to you need to push yourself to feel that you're okay you're completely all right you don't need to do that take step by step one step at a time if it is just one person try to be with that just one person and also as you be with this person self care is very very important over here is to make sure empathy you're giving that empathy to your own self even as i said before if you're just sticking to this one person for a period of 3 or 4 months and just only sticking and talking to this person you need to empathize yourself and tell that it's okay i will take some time it's okay if i don't find myself uh, you know creating many relationships as i would want to maybe that's my goal but if i'm taking time with it it's okay it's all right i need time to heal so being that kind being are showing that empathy to your own self is very important because that's the most important form of self care over there 
is to make sure that you give yourself the freedom and chance to be who you are. So let yourself heal slowly through your own kindness, through your own empathy that you're giving yourself. At the same time, I would also say that whenever there is anxiety, especially when it comes to creating relationships too, we might have a lot of things that we feel that I need to control. For example, if, if this person feels that, okay, I'm about to start a new relationship, what will this person think about me? How will it be? If I stick with one person, will I be able to create new relationships? Uh, what are the things that I need to focus on? So everything will be on there because the core of anxiety, any anxiety is uncertainty. And to get that certainty, we try to control everything that's around us. We try to control thoughts, feelings, situation. So I would say to focus on only things that you feel that you can control. Not more than that. Make a list or understand of what is it that I can do right now? What are the things that I can control at this point of time? Even if it's just very few things, very few and very small things, just stick to those things. Because that is more than enough. Rather than trying to control everything and increasing the anxiety, increasing the uncertainty, because the more uncertain we are, we will continue to be more and more anxious. And that will definitely affect our healing. So just stick with that. But at the same time, realize too, understand what thoughts are you coming when you're speaking to people, when you're finding or expressing these feelings to them. How are you feeling? What is it telling you about your uh, abusive relationship? What are the thoughts coming in? Just stick with that. And slowly, you will get that. Thank you so much. Today we had some great questions and great answers. So I want to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. And thank you, Jebin, for coming to this podcast and answering all these questions. Thank you, Julian. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for uh, these wonderful questions too. And I hope I did help. At the same time, I really want to appreciate uh, you, yourself and Elijah too for having this podcast and to talk about these important things. And I'm sure many, many people are getting benefited by this. And um, I truly appreciate that. Sincerely, I do appreciate that. So uh, keep up the good work and I wish you all the very best. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share the episode with your friends and family. Have a wonderful rest of your day and see you in the next episode.